He's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. Yahtzee. I'm showing your age. Yahtzee's still a thing. I don't know what you're talking about. You think so? I do. I think it's a thing still. You think people are still playing Yahtzee? I mean, 75 and older. 75 and older? Yeah. Jeez, who fits into that? (laughs) Apparently he does. Apparently you do. (laughs) Depends on who you ask. If you go on, right, if you go online, people tell you that I fit into that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm older than you, so. Yeah, but somehow I'm the oldest recorded wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. Well, maybe the one of the older, most more relevant wrestlers at this point. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, I look at guys like, uh, like AJ and I are the same age. Right. And yet people will come out against me like, he shouldn't be wrestling. He's 100 years old. And it's like, right. um, AJ's headline in wrestlemania <laughs> you know it's funny like Cornette brings that stuff up about age all the time you know and then he compares like well this was my main event at smoky mountain and this year and these guys were this age and here's aj at this age you know mm-hmm. and it's like they're the same age <laughs> so are they yeah yeah oh okay yeah yeah talking about yeah. the guys he had back in the day because you know i guess he got accused of having like you know old timers and old you know washed up old wrestlers at the time but they were younger most of the times. They were younger than some of the guys now. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and traditionally, like, <clears throat> I think the guys we watched growing up, like, you know, they they were, it was okay to, like, I, I guess maybe things were just kept a little bit tighter and more secret. So people yeah, didn't like, really know people's ages. Yeah, we didn't know their ages. And, and, like, to me, like, being kids, right, like, I thought they were all old at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everybody was my dad's age. Yeah, everybody was older than me. Everybody I mean. looked like somebody's father. Yeah. But now yeah. it's, uh, I don't know. It's just, but at the same time, you know, people take care of themselves better now. So, and you're not living quite as hard. That's true. I don't That's know, true. man. I thought by this point, physically, I'd be feeling it a lot more than I am. Like, I still really feel not still not not saying that i'm not nearing the end because i'm kind of sick of the bullshit (laughs) but (laughs) it's not a physical thing it's more of a um i'm just kind of over it mentally your physical your body feels good though huh yeah physically i feel great and i think some of it's just from like i don't know i I guess taking care of myself you're vegan i'm a vegan there you go frank that could help you too that could help you too who knows who knows but i I think all the stuff you've done leading up to it i think it's the uh you're you're a guy that goes out and stretches and you take care of yourself not only the not only physically lifting and cardio but like stretching and things like that Mm -hmm. that keeps you limber and it keeps you loose yeah and i've been smoking crack since i was in ninth grade so dude crack is the best wow yeah Crack is, um, you know, it's like one of those overlooked, often overlooked supplements. Yes. Great supplement. And it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap. It is cheap. Yeah. Down here in Florida, bro, we can get meth, crack, we can get it all. (laughs) Yeah. Go to the corner store. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a hot take for the dirt sheets. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Bobby and the Iron Sheik. 
<laughs> Loves you crack. Get that stuff at Walmart. <laughs> There's a Walmart right near me, actually. And uh, every time I go in there, it's, um, whew, you know, you get like a dose of reality of what what Florida actually looks like. Dude, so yours is pretty <laughs> busy, your, your Walmart. And then my Walmart down here is like, I think it's even bigger than your guys' Walmart. I think it's even more packed. Probably. It's cr- I don't I hate, I don't go into it. I only it like if I have a specific thing I need to get, yeah, right. I go in there. But other than that, dude, I went there because I got I showed you the the puppy and the and the foster dog we got. So mm-hmm. I went in there for the puppy to get some stuff the other day. And dude, okay. you know how it is at like you go to Walmart and you go in the aisle, and there's there's freaking nothing. Like everything they have is sold out. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I got to plug my phone in, guys. Hold on one second. Okay. The Walmartians are definitely a different breed of human. They... <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good name. The Walmartians. Walmartians. Um, Did you... Oh, fun fact mm-hmm. about Albany and Walmart. We have the largest Walmart yeah. in the world. Yes, Where? I've Albany. known that. That In Albany, Albany yeah. yeah. Really? It's the yeah. two-floor one, right? Yep. yep. It's got an That's escalator in it. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albany... So here's what we know about Albany. Albany wrestling fans don't like Bobby. No. Right. And we have the biggest Walmart in the world. Yeah. You're from Albany, bro. How could they not like you? Because uh, apparently they like CM Punk. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was the know. weirdest thing. It was literally yeah. like two different crowds. The, what, the first, the pay-per-view, they absolutely hated him. Yeah. The next night it was cheers and, yeah, he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? We're in the same same mm. uh, city. <laughs> same state? Are we still in the same place? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm a polarizing character. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm polarizing. But thanks to that Albany show, we will I'm forever a... have our soundbite of "Where's the lie?" Where's the lie? <laughs> when was this show? Um, October. I don't remember. Early October. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. yeah, for Impact. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, doing a promo with um, your boy Bully Ray and. Who else was in that? Moose. It was Macklin. Macklin. Alexander. Yeah. yeah. I think really Dennis right. was there too. I was just in the front row watching. Okay. I didn't have any pants on, but I was in the front row watching. There we go. You had no pants on? Yeah, I, I didn't wear pants. They didn't kick you out? It's Albany. It's Albany. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's a no World's pants law. Yeah. I had a couple beers. Least, took my pants off. Yeah. Least. Uh, amount of pants per capita. It's yeah. two floors, really? No bullshit. No bullshit. Yeah. Two floors, yeah. There's Who an the escalator. Or Walmart. I mean, so what's in there? They have an escalator just for your shopping cart, too. Yeah. It's yeah. Fucking fancy, man. You, you put the your shopping cart in the escalator. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I need> to... <laughs> like upstairs is all the like home goods and like clothing and uh, digital shit. And then huh. downstairs is like the supermarket, and then uh, so they think they're J.C. Penney's. Yeah, a fancy Walmart isn't that kind of like polished shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds similar. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I can tell you who won't be advertising with us. <laughs> Walmart. Wally <laughs> World. Wally World. Oh. Uh, we could polish. polish. 
We could polish some shit, put some sprinkles on it, and pretend it's chocolate cake. There we go. There we go. All right, boys. Let's uh, let's start this thing. Enough of the banter. Uh, <laughs> oh, you want to start now? I've been oh, recording for seven minutes. Okay. I have a yeah. record button up here. All right. So, um, gentlemen, this is uh, Tony. Tony, this is the gentleman. Gentleman. Uh, I use that term loosely. Be down affectionately as the Demi Boys. What up, boys? <laughs> Howdy. Yo. Tony DeVito, the one and the only. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Did you say a legend or allegedly? <laughs> either one. Both. Either or. Either or. <laughs> legend. <laughs> Both. Uh, so, Mr. DeVito, how are things? Uh, things are going good, Fish. How about you, bro? Well, you know, doing all right, doing all right. Um, I see that you got a uh, you got a couple a uh, couple doggies, couple canines in yeah. your world. Just got a couple new ones, and uh, one's a foster, and one's a brand new puppy. And, okay, were these Christmas gifts? What was? Uh... Oh, you know, so our our dog passed away ago. He passed away December fifth. Oh, sorry to hear that. I love that. I love him so much. And uh, his name mm. is Razor, and I named him after Razor Ramon because that's a dude. Really? It's a guy that meant a lot to me in my career, helped me out. Oh, no kidding. Mm. No. You do but, your homework, Frank. <laughs> so I named I named him after uh, Scott Hall as Razor. And, uh, yeah, he passed away, got cancer, and that really sucked. But these uh, these other dogs have really helped us out, man. And they're, they're nice. So <laughs> nice always good to get her you know not a replacement but a replacement like uh, yeah. it's it 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 is uh it's not easy man God. Dude, my, my heart's broken still from it but like these sure. are they've helped heal it you know sure they're helping sure. yeah yeah i mean you should have called me i got i got a dog here uh, you could have had <laughs> you want me to take it <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, my daughter, my my ten year old probably won't talk to me, <laughs> but yeah, you can have him. Well, I'll bring him. I'll bring him by tomorrow. Speaking of your dogfish, I heard your dog was leaving uh, shits by the mailbox. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean that's our lawn, and we can shit on it if we want to. Yeah, I just happened to know um, the person that delivered your mail that day, and they might have stepped in it. So. Well, they need to be more careful, uh-huh. and I would uh, appreciate it if they stay off my property. <laughs> well, they got to deliver the mail. Deliver the mail. <laughs> well, they can deliver the mail, but I'll tell you what—that mail is not on my lawn. Ah, uh, well, the she box she is next to my lawn. She so, said it was in front of the mailbox, is what she said to me. Well, it, it, he does not go on the concrete. And uh-huh. In front of the mailbox is concrete. So, so he, it may not have been your dog then. Think, oh, okay. Well, my dog doesn't shit on the pavement. No way. No I, think way. We, I think we solved the mystery. This is like SUV, SVU. <laughs> SUV. I think it's a better story, though. If Bobby's dog took a dub in the lawn. That doesn't I like it better. Well, so for the story, that's the story's story. sake. Yeah, exactly. In Ring of Honor, you know, they had somebody shit in the Carnage Crew bag. So that was that. The, the Bobby Fish shit in front of the mailbox is a better storyline, though. Yes, <laughs> that could be your new gimmick. <laughs> that I shit in front of everyone's mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bad bomber. I mean, the bad bomber. 
It's <laughs> one of one. You know, it's an original. It is. I'm, I'll call Vinny Mac right now. We'll take care of this. <laughs> well, he, he's rumored to be uh, coming back into the into the mix. Hey, fish, that's two good ideas. Careful. I careful. You could be the serial shitter and and bring Jerk Jackson back. <laughs> Jerk, yeah. Jerk and Jackson, Jerk and Jerk Jackson. Jackson, baby. Okay, it wasn't it, it you know. <laughs> sure. That, I guess that was my idea, right? It was, but yours was uh, a different last name. Oh, what? Oh, I said Jerk Jackson, then you said, "Well, how about Jerk Johnson?" then you went on to describe what that gimmick looked like yeah i said no no that can't be what was the gimmick i think it involved porn there you go We've been there we've been go. through this story. It, it involved. I love it. Magazines. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. I listened to the uh, the, your first ever podcast. Number one to hear a fish put me over, which he did, which I thank you for, of course. And uh, all lies, all lies, dude. You guys were talking about it. Just made me laugh because I, <laughs> I remember it all, and I'm just like, man, I can't believe I even told him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was really when you think about it, the the first name I had come up with was Bobby Morgan. Yeah, and then the Chris Collins. And I was like, you can't do that because I had grew up with the Chris Collins in, in high school. Wait, Chris Collins? Yeah, didn't you want Chris Collins? No, oh, not that I remember. I mean, I could have. but That's friggin', uh, that's Dale. Is that that's- Dale? Oh, yeah, because he was Hale Collins. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that wasn't me. God, that was terrible. I guess, like, dude, you can't be Chris Collins. I grew up with the Chris Collins. No. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> So needless to say, Jerk Jackson was born. Jerk Jackson was born. Yeah. He had a decent run. He Jerk did. Had a, he had a decent run. And it's funny because then I remember like when you were going to go to Japan and you told me, I was like, so you're going to be Jerk Jackson? You're like, no, I'm just going to be Bobby Fish. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, nowadays you get a lot of people that are like, what the fuck is Bobby Fish? But you know what, dude? I think Japan was the right place for Bobby Fish, though. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it was that time for that. So I think so. And like I'm, I look back at it, and I'm just happy to have been, you know, like in a way, I honored my father's name. Yeah, you know? like and that's no, that's cool. Yeah. Well, sometimes it might work out that way too. You know, it's yeah meant to be, basically. Yeah. I think so. I mean, Jerk Jackson certainly wasn't meant to be. <laughs> but it served its purpose. Because well, it definitely turned some heads for a little while. I mean, you could have been a contender, pal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, Frank, let's get us on track here. Uh, we're going to stay somewhat traditional with this, no? Let's take it back. Let's go in the Wayback yeah. Machine. Yeah, let's hop why in the, way the back hell machine. did Tony DeVito break? Why is he breaking the business? How did he break in the business? Why? All right, let's um, hear it. I mean, it's got to be the same as all of us, right? I mean, one day I'm just flipping through the channels and I happen to to catch it on on TV one Saturday morning. You know, like, oh man, what is this? You know, and I, <clears throat> you know, I liked it right off the bat, and you know, I went back to school like that week, you know, that Monday or whatever it was, and my buddy had a 
a wrestling magazine too. And it had Jimmy Snuka on the cover and Jimmy Snuka was what Captain Lou was a heel at the time. His hair was freaking huge and a huge Afro. And I was like, man, this wrestling stuff must be really cool. You know, I just happened to see it on TV. Now I see this magazine, but, uh, that was it, man. I was hooked right off the bat and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I joined the wrestling team in seventh grade because I figured, well, shit, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. This is probably going to help me. So I joined the wrestling team, which was another great decision, though, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling is a, a great sport, man. Amateur wrestling is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's how it started for me, man. I mean, I just fell in love right off the bat. So was it Jimmy Snuka and Lou Albano, or were they, are those just two that jump out at I, you those because the, they were such characters? Those are the two that jumped out because the, he was on the cover of that magazine. I don't remember mm-hmm. the matches I saw that day, but – the magazine covers what really got me. I was just like, wow, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah. his eyes were all bugged. I mean, he was probably doing an eight ball that day, but <laughs> who gives a shit, right? He looked great. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Snooker was definitely um, one that caught my attention too early, early. Um, I definitely have memories of, him coming off the cage onto Morocco. And I, I remember like my uncle and my dad talking about Jimmy Snuka, this and blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah, I, he was definitely somebody who was like larger than life really like jumped off the page. And, you know, he was such an odd, like, so not the guy that you would see walking down the street, you know? And he was so good though. I mean, Dude, he looked great. I mean, physically, his body was incredible. Mm-hmm. His work in the ring, even for that time, I mean, even for now, he was great. But for that time, he was so far ahead of anything that you'd see. I mean, his arm drags and his the spots he would run. And he, you know, he was really good. Yeah. He was really, really good. Yeah. So that's what got you paying attention. That's what hooked me up. Yeah. That's what got me paying attention to it. So. So then get through high school, what's the, what's the plan for getting into wrestling? Like there was no roadmap, right? I mean, there was no, there was nothing back then. I mean, some of the magazines, I guess, back then had like, you know, some schools advertised, but they were nowhere near me. And, um, you know, so like I said, you know, I knew I wanted to do it, you know, and uh, I get into my senior year of high school and I met another guy and he wanted to be a wrestler too. And, you know, we watched it together all the time, this and that. So he's out at a club one night and he bumps into one of the bouncers and I don't know how they started talking. And next one thing led to another pro wrestling comes up and the guy goes, Oh, I'm training right now under uh, Dr. D David Schultz, uh, hmm. in orange Connecticut, you know, and he goes, I'll bring you guys to the school. So that's all we needed to hear. I went to the school and, you know, the first day was like, oh, come try out and see if you like it. So I knew I'd like it. I didn't give a shit what happened. I was joining. <laughs> right. And, and I went and met Doc and I joined and that was it, man. I was hooked. So one of the um, crazier legitimate characters i would say of wrestling folklore would be dr d right oh yeah 100%. what was it 
what what was he like? I mean, I only know the persona I see on TV and from the John Stossel interview and the, um, you know, a few things here and there. And then obviously the gimmick that he perpetuated, um, uh, you know, wh- where was the line between uh, shoot and gimmick with the man? Uh, I'm pretty sure we always saw Dr. D. You know, we never saw okay. Adults. I think it was always Doc. I mean, okay. There was times he was just a normal person, of course, too. But right. But I just, you know, I mean, you know how it is, too, dude. You know, like uh, the best gimmick for ourselves is just an extension of ourselves. You know, and sure. I think he was always an extension of himself. And okay. But he was awesome. You know, he would tell us bounty hunting stories, and he would, you know, uh, he he would, you know, the things he taught us in there too. It's not so much that he knew a lot about holds and things like that. But man, he knew how to protect yourself in there. He knew how to, you know, if you needed to, you needed to do something to this guy, you know, he, he showed you how to do those type of things, you know. So oh, like oh, physically oh. protect yourself. Right. Yeah. Because back in his day, you know, you really had to do that with fans or with some of these wrestlers. I mean, he'd go to like Puerto Rico and he'd go to right. Japan, you know, wherever he was wrestling and you had to protect yourself back in those hmm. days. So he showed us more of that shoot style of what the business was in that time, which was pretty oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Me being an amateur wrestler, uh, I picked right up on that anyway. Yeah. And I and it's funny because like I said earlier, how I joined the wrestling team just for that, it mm-hmm. to me it really did pay off. You know, it really yeah. helped me out in my in my wrestling career. I picked up on it pretty quickly. Hmm. Yeah, I, I you know what an interesting um guy to learn the business from. Yeah. And then especially considering just the time that he came from, like where things were much more protected. There yeah. was a lot less known about it. I mean, I, I would think that for a guy like Dr. D, today's business is unrecognizable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it truly, like there's times, and, you know, like I got trained by you. Right. Um, and there's times that I watch some wrestling today and I, I'm like, I want to puke. Like, like, <laughs> the cooperation is so blatant. And, you it know, is. and I'll be honest, man, like I'm probably guilty of it at times too. Uh, but like one of the things that drives me crazy is just the cooperation of two guys on the top rope and you're, you know, and it's like, these are things that at one time were um, at least sleight of hand, at least, you know, people tried to, to protect it a little bit, but now right. it's like, it's just blatant. It blatant. And, it's um you know i think it's one of the things that kills our business i think it's one of the things that you know and this is me being on my soapbox a little bit but <laughs> it's one of the things that like the the cooperation and the anticipation anticipate anticipation is the i mean that's the quickest thing to take me out of my suspension of disbelief immediately right like when a guy <clears throat> defensively his body language lets you know that he knows what's coming. Okay, I fucking game off, boys. Yeah. Like this is bullshit. You know, I, we fucking I agree with you. I mean, and, I and it. it's even the way like these guys call their matches nowadays. It's like every listen. I'm not saying I called in the ring, and I and it's it, 
they just everything is planned everything you know everything. it's just like come on man do you have to plan every single thing yeah. you know and i don't know <laughs> i've been there myself and i'm yeah. i'm guilty of both um and but i, I will too. say i will say that recently a few of the uh, outings that i've had um one in particular we just didn't have time to put stuff together and the guy that i worked with was a younger guy but he was you know very capable right. and um i had actually come off of uh something the week prior that was really very um very much about getting me reacquainted with like yeah like call it the ring dude right and well, uh so i was like ready to do that and i remember that match in particular was one of those where it was like man this just reminded me of how organic this can be right. and and when you're not trying to remember you know abc how much more fun this is more fun yeah. mm -hmm. well these guys put so much pro like i don't even know how they can remember all the spots they do like there's yeah. no way remember any of that shit. no way yeah maybe back in the day but now no way i can't do that yeah. but dude, it's funny like um so i just did a match maybe a month ago and it's a tag match and the two the, the two guys go out to the ring and i'm in the back with my partner and not loke it's just a random guy and um you know, he's like, man, I don't, I don't know if I go out there. I have really bad side pains. And we, right at last minute, I just grabbed another guy and I said, come on, we're going to go out there. And this kid's good enough. You know, mm -hmm. he's a Florida guy down here. He's good enough um, that we just went out there and no, he had no idea. All we told him was to finish at that point. The other guys mm -hmm. had no idea he was coming out. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Everything was on the fly. It was funny. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a cool way to, now you remember training dude i'd always have you guys call matches on the fly mm -hmm. i'd always have you guys do that because you need to know it just in case yeah and well and that's where it's true like the the art of it comes through i remember working for nxt and i got knocked loopy in a match and it was yeah. me and kyle and they pulled me um it was tv and they oh. sent Roddy out <laughs> to tag with Kyle. And yeah. Roddy came out in jeans and sneakers. Yeah. And Roddy literally filled in. And like, you know, and I don't want to say they, they didn't miss a beat. It, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was awesome. You know? And it, it, it's what this business should be. Yeah. Um, when you have like a real pro like that, you know, and Roddy was a total pro and that's everybody was in that situation, but right. Kyle and, and Roddy really, you know, um, they were, they were fantastic. So, well, you know, a lot of the problem too, is that we always say it, right. We always say, don't let the fans dictate your match, but mm. unfortunately the boys are letting the fans dictate their match. hundred percent. hundred percent. Always that way. You know, it's not always that way. It's just, I mean, like, like to me, I, you want to do your spots and you want to do that stuff. That's awesome. Can you just mm -hmm. sell a little bit in between? Just sell. Like, like I'm not going to shit on them for your for your spots. Just sell, man. Sell. Like, in your transition, sell. Make the people care about what you're doing. Yeah. You hit move after move after move. I don't even know what just happened anymore. Yeah. We, we, did, good, we did a good amount. Um at a point recently um, where we were working with a lot of younger talent and uh, very much in a heel role against babyface tag teams. And 
you know, these guys, they sure as shit could call their comeback. Right. To you. They knew everything they were doing in their comeback. Right. But when it came time for them to sell in the beginning, like before you're going to get your comeback, like, you know, you're, you're putting the cart before the horse here. Right. Like you're going to blow this great comeback and nobody right. gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You, you didn't lay the groundwork before the comeback, you stupid ass. And I think a lot of times, too, it's like these guys, like, uh, they just care about getting their shit in. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. How about have the point. your opponent? How about you make your opponent look good for a little bit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was like, you know, yeah. as, as heels, you're out there and, and you know you're going to give it back and bump your ass off for them and make them look like a million bucks. But, like, you you couldn't tell them otherwise. But it was like, you know, dude, people are going to care about your comeback more if you put a little effort into this, into right. making them believe. But you, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't want to be on the soapbox, but, like, I some of these guys, like, you know, you, you they know better. So, well, okay. the way it too, it's never going to go back to what it was, right? Because no. dead. Everyone yeah, knows. you can't put the... Right. But it's, why can't it be like a movie still? Why can't these, why can't you come in and suspend belief and yeah. just come in and get into the characters, get into what the guys are doing, get into what we're giving you? Yeah. And take it for what it is. Why, why we got to go out there and be acrobats? You know, why do we got to do three flips just to get a pop from the crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I can get a pop with my mouth. I don't have to do all that. <laughs> right. And that's what, that's the thing that's missing too, man. Like, I don't think these guys play to the crowd enough. Like they think playing to the crowd is doing all their moves where to me, it's using my mouth to get heat or yeah. using your selling, like uh, to get, to get the, the action that, that you want from those fans, you know, yeah. it's a lost art. I agree. It's a lost art. And I, I think agree. when it comes to the mic stuff, they're all into the cheap heat. Like, let me say a name. They get a reaction on somebody, even yeah. though I, you know I'm not going to face Triple H or whatever. Yeah. It's never going to happen. It's all cheap heat. It's yeah. okay, too, like for a little bit, but you can't you can't base everything off your cheap heat, too. You right. know? Like, you got to get legit heat. <laughs> well, I think it, it, it became the cool thing to pop the internet. You know, and then it's like that's turned into its its own like sort of monster where it's like, you know, the real appetite in pro wrestling these days from a fan standpoint is they want to know the dirt. Yeah, they don't they don't give a shit about what the angle is that's on TV because they they think they're smarter than that anyway. And it's like you're almost ruining the, you ruin the, um, the movie. Yeah. You, yeah. you kind of ruin the story. Like you mm -hmm. take your own ability to, to follow it out of the whole equation. It, but, it doesn't make sense. Why is pro wrestling? The only thing that everybody wants to know what the hell's going on behind the scenes. Why isn't it like that in any other sport? Why is or the movies like why yeah. I mean, even when it comes to movies like people just accept the special effects for what they are what they are you don't go behind the scenes and look at and no say, right there no of course no <laughs> I mean, right right yeah. yeah only in pro wrestling yeah pro wrestling yeah I hate it 
<laughs> I love it. I do love it. But I hate it. I just can't watch it the way it used to be watched. That's, no, that's- I definitely don't watch. You know who like so I like watching um I like watching a person just kind of come into their own and I feel like I've watched that happen with guys. So like two that jump out to me right now. Um and we've both known them for for years, but I don't know. I think they're doing some of their best work right now. But is Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn? I, I like got right thrown in there. I got to throw L.A. Knight in there too. The stuff L.A. Knight has been doing with Bray Wyatt has been pretty cool too. I, I haven't seen uh, L.A. Knight. I don't. I can't even judge him. But uh... yeah, Frank, who invited you? <laughs> <laughs> But like I said, I don't really get <laughs> get out of here, kid. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. I just I don't know La Knight that well. Know. Yeah. You know, he was um, briefly in NXT uh, before I left, so I don't know him that well. I guess my point was that I I knew Seth and Sammy when they were younger, and we were all kind of on a similar come up. And to just see how polished they are now, and the like little nuanced stuff that they can pull out of their uh, gimmick now um, that, you know, wasn't there years ago. It's, it's just kind of cool to see the layers grow with people. Yeah. And LA Knight may be, you know, wholeheartedly doing the same thing, but yeah. I don't have a reference point to be able to, to watch the, the progress. You know, I think, I think Sammy's incredible, dude. I think he's a great yeah. heel. He's a great talker. He works his ass off. I mean, uh, Rollins does too. And I, but I didn't see those guys before. I didn't watch. Oh, okay. I didn't watch El Generico. I didn't know. I knew of them. I never yeah. saw them. So yeah, they, I mean, Sammy, big time because as El Generico, like, I mean, he he didn't talk. You right? know, he was. And look at him. He's Spanish. He could talk his ass off, dude. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, that's the thing girl. too. Is I I feel like. It happens with wrestling crowds very quickly. They decide they see somebody one way and like, okay, well, they can talk or they can't talk or they, they can this or they can't that. Like, I know for myself, um, in Ring of Honor and stuff, before I was known even a little bit, like, I had to run my mouth. <laughs> and so I did. Um, and then I started to get some some momentum going and then when i got to nxt it was you know it, it was made clear to me that like you know my spot in in this group was not really a mouthpiece so i backed it up because the way that wwe was described to me and i, and I thought it was a great analogy was like okay you're in you're you're gonna you're cast in this movie and like you don't get to be like, well, I'm not a supporting actor. Like I'm Tom Cruise. Right. No, you, you play your role. And like my role was not really to talk. So I found, and it was Paul Heyman actually, who talked to us as a group and who was like, you know, the, the sum of the parts is the important thing. But at the same time, it's like the, the, the little bit of difference that each character brings, yada, yada, yada. And it all made sense. And I was totally down with that. Right. Um, 
but in the few, you know, the whatever three, four years that I was doing that, like you've got this whole audience of pro wrestling fans now that are like, oh yeah, fish can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I chose not to, you know, like Adam was such and is such a great (laughs) mouthpiece that like Adam pretty much fielded all of it. And like the other three of us, it's not that Kyle, Roddy and I couldn't talk, but we didn't need to. So, you know, well, you let it, let your talking be in the ring, you know, and that was, too. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know? Yeah. Everybody has to. I mean, it's nice to say a few things, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But even that, like, I mean, you get, you kind of like learn like, okay, well, yeah, I don't have to be the focal point, but like I can add a quib here or a, a thing there and like, you know, let that one thing have more meaning than, yeah. you know, trying to get, get a word in edgewise. It's like, no, it's not, that's not your role. And yeah. I didn't want any other role. I loved my role. Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, dude, there's tons of times I've done promos with guys. And if I don't say much, I just add those little background things. You yeah. Know? yeah. In between their words, you throw a little something out there. That's all. Yeah. yeah. You know? That way you hear everybody, but you don't really hear everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to, when they would cut a promo or whatever, like I would just wait for a, a bit of silence and just say like, cock, balls, <laughs> you know? Just to get us something in there, you know? Yeah, just to, you know, to be remembered. That's it. Something. That's it. Oh, that's the guy that says cock all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I like the way he talks, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> that sounds dirty. Yeah, it does. All right. All right, Frank, get us back on track here. Get us on right. track. Frank. All right, take us to the old WWE slash F in the nineties. What was it like being in the nineties? Man, it was like uh it was like it was so awesome, of course. But you know, I was so brand new. I was I was green going there. I had one match before I went to uh to do TV tapings, you know. Really? Yeah, oh, and of course oh. by that time <laughs> By that time, I hooked up with uh, Paul Roma because, unfortunately, you know, David Schultz uh, slapped the shit out of John Stossel, as we all know. Great, yes. great time in pro wrestling history. Yes. And, you know, Doc Doc got blackballed from the business, you know, and he kind of had that talk with us, you know, and he goes, hey, guys, you know, I think you guys are ready to do stuff. He goes, unfortunately, I really don't have any connections for you guys. Oh, really? That, and, that So you were training under him when that went down? No, not when it went down, but it was oh. already, you know, he was already blackballed and he hadn't done anything in years, dude. He was just training guys, but he hadn't oh, done any shows. Okay. He had, he, okay. he, he was bounty hunting. Right. Right. And he goes, but he goes, um, Mario Mancini had a school there. So the original school I went to was called, it was at, uh, quest Passarell's quest gym in orange, Connecticut. So Tony Altimore originally had a school there. So Captain okay. Lou would go there. Tony Altimore would go there. So Paul Roma trained there. Mario Mancini trained there. Okay. Um, who, uh, the Power Twins trained there. Not the Power Twins from the two little jacked up steroid guys. Not them. <laughs> if you if you okay. remember them, Fish. The I mean, Power were they Twins. The Dicks. No, they uh, no the Did Power they Twins. They look like the Dicks. No, they they were okay. twins, but they wrestled for uh, Herb Abrams. Promotion. Oh, were they bald? 
No, they kind of oh, look like Her- okay. they kind of look like Hercules in the face a little bit. Let yeah. me just keep throwing just more keep things at the wall, more <laughs> shit at the wall. Did they have? Makeup? Were they men? <laughs> so uh, they were male. They were males. Yeah, they had wieners. Yeah, two okay. of them. <laughs> they were male men. So uh, uh-huh. Mario Mancini had a school there also, but he used to go later in the afternoon. We used to go in the morning. Mary had a school later. So he goes, I'm going to have Mario Mancini come down and, and look at all you guys and see if he can help you out. Mario comes down one Saturday and me and Mike Bell were in the ring. We do a match for Mario. He goes, how the fuck am I going to train you guys anything? He goes, you guys are better than me. I can't show you guys anything. <laughs> and we're like, well, we're hoping you can get us work, you know, and that was really what it came from. But I don't know. He had nothing for us. So perfect. Around the same time, Paul Roma had just started his boxing career. And he happened to train at that school where, where I was training. But the girl, some lady bought the gym from, from Passarello, bought the gym and moved it and put some boxing stuff in there for Paul. So Paul started working out and hitting the bags and doing all kinds of stuff in there for boxing. Whoops. But um, somehow him and Doc hooked up and Paul said he'd come in and start training us. And Paul kind of took over from there and hmm. never took any money from me or did anything. But he's the guy that got us all booked for TV. So, oh, he, yeah, so Paul Rumba booked, it was me and Mike Bell and PJ Walker at the time, of course, just incredible. And this mm-hmm. guy, Nick Barbary. And that's it, man. He hooked us up and we went. And that's awesome. how it started happening. But, dude, Frank, you asked, it was like a circus there, bro. I mean, these guys were nine foot tall. They were all in costumes. It was, it was the weirdest thing to me. It really would look like a circus, you know. And but but I loved it because that's the circus I wanted to be a part of. Mm. So it was great. And around this time, you meet Scott Hall, right? Uh, what time? When uh, when did he go? He he came in the. Did he come in in like ninety four? When did he come in? About ninety four. So I, I started doing TVs like the end of 92. So I guess I had a good little over a year before he came in. So so was this Cowboy Scott Hall? <laughs> so, right? No, wasn't because that, I remember when, you know, growing up, I remember the first few times, I think I saw him in the AWA, AWA. or something. And, and he yeah, was definitely yeah. like, you know, um, just the Tom Selleck mustache. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big mustache. Yeah. Just the straight up, um, you know, not razor. Not, not razor. razor. But he had already been doing the diamond stud fish. If you remember in WCW, he was already doing diamond stud. So he kind of came with that same type of gimmick. Right. That would eventually become razor. Okay. Right. So funny. Yeah, I do remember the diamond stud. The funny thing about the mustache. So we did a TV with him. We met him, but he was, it was like his first TV is in and they were just giving him, he was so busy. So we didn't get a really chance to meet him, meet him. With WBF. Right. So then we come back and we're doing a show and I think it was raw in Poughkeepsie, New York. And oh, it might've been a house show actually in Poughkeepsie and me and Bell were there. I think it was a house show now that I'm thinking of it. And we really got to talk to Scott that day. And I told him, I said, man, <laughs> I'm really glad you got rid of that stupid mustache. <laughs> he, just, he turns around and he just goes, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I and, then I, and then I named my dog after him. <laughs> 
Uh, DDP named a yoga move after him. Uh, see? Yes. It used to be called the knife edge. It's now called the razor's Ra edge. Oh, I mean, yes. what a great name, by the way. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah okay so scott hall um and then where's the um so tell us more about your dealings with uh with razor with scott hall yeah yeah uh, uh, was that kind of the end of the no the... and he that was the beginning of uh the friendship that i think we built with him and uh for whatever reason, man, he liked me, Bell, and and PJ. He really and, and Nick, awesome. he four of us. But man, he really liked the three of us a lot. And man, he gave us. He would just take us aside, and he would give us pointers and tell us things. You know, hey, do this, don't do that. So yeah. me, we used to tag a lot, as you, as you could remember, you know. And yeah, me, they'd announce me and Bell, and me and Bell, like man, like Scott would tell us. He's like, man, you guys, when that camera's on you, you that it's on you. So if it's ten seconds. Do what you guys have to do to get over. Mm -hmm. So me and Bella are like, well, what the hell can we do? So we decided that we started to like, we used to high five, come down, and then we point at the camera. And <laughs> Scott Hall's like, holy, he goes, you guys were fucking awesome. He goes, I told you guys that that, that camera's on you for that 10 seconds. And he goes, that was fucking perfect. He goes, that's exactly what you guys need to do. And we did it all the time from there on out. And then mm -hmm. uh, years later, he might have started pointing. <laughs> <laughs> they might have started doing that pointing thing uh... <laughs> but it's, it's cool man i mean it, just things like that him telling us when that camera's on you that's your time don't do right. what you do to get over and it, it's just things like that he really kind of helped us out with in the business you know a uh, couple times i worked him you know he you know he'd break things down for me afterwards tell me this is good this isn't good or do this or do that you know and he was awesome man he really was uh, he was good to us he and correct me if i'm wrong the, that time in the business that was a little bit more rare than not correct like no i think it was on the tail end of that you know what i'm saying okay I'm that used to be the norm. The, the veterans always took the green guys in. Yeah, you fucked with them and you ribbed them and you did this. Oh, okay, okay. But, but you took care of the green guys because you showed them the business. And right. Scott used to tell us that. He goes, you know, one day you guys are going to do the same thing for people. Sure. You know, and I'd like to think that I I, I really tried to do the same thing for a lot of people. And, yeah. I, and I think I succeeded in a lot of spaces, in a lot of parts like that i really do well i mean i know for sure you you filled that role for me i mean you know there's no way i am doing there's no way that i i hate my professional career right now if it weren't for you <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just no i mean there's no way that there's any um right you know any me in this business without uh without that time oh, i appreciate it man and, and and guys like Scott were the reason that I did what I did too. I think, you know, I think mm -hmm. he's the guy that kind of set me into those ways. Like, Hey man, you got to take care of the next generation. Yeah. And like I said before, it, it was on the tail end of that, you know, like they guys still did do that. Like, so, you know, just incredible PJ got hired in the company, you know, they gave him the Aldo Montoya gimmick and, you know, he really is part of the click and he doesn't get any credit for that. But yeah. PJ is part of the click. You know, it's not yeah. just those guys you know of. PJ's there too. Right, right. He was 
he was the young boy, but they took care of him, and and Scott especially took care of him. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, it's pretty cool too to think like that. You you play that forward, and it and it um, it crosses um, generations because I know like years later I'm working in New Japan, and Cody Hall mm -hmm. is Scott Hall's son is you know, working with us and we worked directly with him for different, um, uh, they had him in the, the bullet club. Um, and he was kind of there heavy and, and we got to do a lot of stuff with Cody and, yeah. um, got to know him, um, on a, a little bit better level. And it's really just kind of interesting to think that like all those years ago, his dad, um, was, you know, gracious to you. And then, I learned wrestling from you. And then all these years later in Japan of all places, Scott Hall's son, you know, somehow there's a, a, a dot connected from you to, to his son. That that's just cool. It is cool. When you, when you think about it like that, it's really, really cool that it, yeah that it can happen that way. So yeah, he was great to us, man. I, so I do have a funny story if you want to hear that real quick, too. No, no, we don't like, we don't, nothing funny. Nothing this funny. All, all business. <laughs> what is this, podcast from Canada? <laughs> hey -o. Hey! So, yeah, uh, let's I'm, hear it. I hadn't seen Scott in years, and now he's in WCW, and I mean, NWO is blowing the fuck up. Huge. I'm working at Scores in New York City, and I'm working the front door. Nitro must have been in town, or they were close by. And he came by after the show, and I hadn't seen him in years, dude. He gets out of the car, he sees me, and he used to call me troll because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Raven, you know, Scotty would call me troll somehow. Back in that day, they called me, I had my hair was, I don't know, they called me troll. So, <laughs> I, uh, he gets out of the car and he goes, troll. And he fucking grabs me and just kisses me right on the lips. Nice. And I go, nice. He, he looks at me and he goes, what? I can't kiss you? And I go, you just did. So, <laughs> I can't do nothing about uh, it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean. Oh. Sorry about that. Yeah, somebody. Uh, my mom. That was my mommy. Try calling me. Go. Okay. <laughs> no, nope, busy. I go from Scott Hall molesting me to my mommy calling. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we all got one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, good. Right. And I, I miss that guy a lot, man. He was a great yeah. he really yeah. yeah. Uh I remember him coming to NXT. Um it was him, Sean, and uh, Nash, and we would do like film study or whatever. And uh, we just had one of these one day where they happened to be at the PC, and um, we watched Sean and uh, Razor's ladder match. Very and cool. Just to be a fly on the wall in that room, and like just the three of them, you know kicking the shit back and forth between each other and watching that. Um, you know, that was like something that, that was like a fan experience that people would have paid money for. So you want to hear my story behind that? Uh, sure. Love to. Me and myself and Mike Bell, of course, we were booked for, uh, we were booked at WrestleMania 10. We played the doinks and the dunk tanks. And, um, <laughs> nice. you know, we were all, 
we all stayed in the same hotel. And like I said, Scott and Sean, they were all cool to us. And we were up in their room the night before the, the, the show, WrestleMania. And those guys were talking their match over, dude. And me and Bell were just sitting there giggling like two little schoolgirls. Yeah. I mean, we got to hear the whole fucking match, dude. Everything. Really? Very cool. So cool. It gives gives me chills right now just thinking about it. What a <laughs> cool moment, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um, Frank, where, uh, where to on this? Magical journey. <laughs> Carpet ride. Let's go to ECW. Ah, Let's go. There we go. Little known fact. Yeah. What how does this like? come about? Yes. How, does, how does ECW? So you're doing some um, WWF uh, preliminary stuff. Yeah. You're wrestling independence on the side. What do you? Yeah. What's what's the world? of Tony DeVito look like at this time? So I was, I did about four, four and a half years of TVs with WWF. I was probably there about that, that, that length of time, somewhere in that range. Okay. Uh, we kind of stopped, they kind of stopped bringing extras into TV. So they didn't really need the job matches no more. They kind of started, because Nitro started getting big, right? So they started doing uh, a lot of the name guys against each other instead. So they stopped yeah. job guys. So. I was out of that. So, um, you know, I went back doing, I, I always did the indies. I never stopped doing indies, of course. So I was basically just doing all the indies again. And in that time, PJ got hired and, you know, he had a job and then he kind of had some, you know, he was in between. They didn't really know what to do with him. And they sent him to ECW. Mm-hmm. Once they sent him to ECW, I started going to shows. And okay. at the time, I was really fat. I was probably, I was at my heaviest. I was probably 285. And I was really fat at the time. <clears throat> and um, I started going to those shows and they would um, they would do workouts in the ring before the shows in ECW and Tracy right. Smoke run like a class and then you do some matches and you do a lot of uh, round robins in and out of the ring, tagging in yeah. and out with guys. And it was just a really good workout experience, you know, and I go yeah. do those. And I don't know, PJ and maybe Buck. Sorry, guys. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, um, mom, yeah, the meatloaf, ah! <laughs> the meatloaf. <laughs> so, uh, mom, there's a bad kitty. So, um, I think PJ Greg pulls me aside. I think it was uh, Bubba Dudley. I think Bubba pulled me aside with PJ, and they go, "Listen, your your stuff in the ring is good, but like." you got to do something like you got to lose weight or something, you know, like you got to do something. And that was all I needed to hear, dude. And I started hitting the treadmill and I started working out and I started dieting and dude, I dropped, I went, I got down to 195. So I dropped all that weight in such a short amount of time. And I think that I kept going to the shows and I kept doing the workouts in the ring and everyone noticed that I lost all this weight and I got in great Mm -hmm. shape and, you know, uh, Paul took a notice. I mean, they all took notice and, and, you know, knowing PJ, of course, helped me out a lot too. But doing that hard work, you know, I think that Paul finally was like, you know, I think we could, you know, we can do something with him. Yeah. So, and that's that's how I got in, you know. Okay. That that's what it took: hard work and you know, my work in the ring spoke right. for itself too. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's interesting too, though. That that uh, 
you know, they would stand up for your work to begin with, but they were like, shit, dude, like you got to show me, show me you're serious about this. Show right. me in, in an effort to, to lose the weight. Like, show me that you fucking want this. Like, you're not just, yeah, right. I mean, I get that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. You know, like that's all I needed to hear. And that was the motivation. I'd, I had a treadmill. I'd run my treadmill for an hour a day. And dude, I didn't even lift weights back then. All I did was push-ups and sit-ups and, and dips. Yeah. And I just did everything at home and I ran for an yeah. hour. Yeah. Uh, and I did all that helped me out a lot too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all helps. It all helps. And, and factors three, you remember those? I do. I do. Uh, those things actually work. That's why they're not on the market anymore. They were really good. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Yeah. So ECW, um, and then, so does Paul get involved in what your gimmick is going to be? Does, is this, how does this, how does this go down? Yeah. So, you know, I, I was, I've been bald this whole time anyway. I shaved my head in like 95. So I've always been bald, but, um, I don't, you know, back in that time, I was just kind of wearing shorts and I was wearing, uh, uh, a, a, a band t-shirt from my hometown. It was called all out war. And I was wearing that shirt to the, to the ECW shows. And I just figured, Hey, this is like, this band's from my town. They're kind of pop, you know, people kind of know who they are. They're, they're like a hardcore metal band. You know, I didn't really know who they were, but my buddy did. And I said, all right, just one of the songs. And like, I just started doing, doing that, you know, and I was that on the Indies anyway, but I kind of just switched up the, the shirt and the song and this and that. And I don't know, I guess at first Paul wanted me to be a skinhead. And he says, Tommy Dreamer comes up to me and he goes, have you ever seen the, the movie American History X? And I said, no, I haven't. And he goes, <laughs> you need to go, he goes, you need to go home and watch that movie. And I go, okay. And I had no idea what it was about. Sure. So I go home and I watch it and I go, holy fuck they want me to be a skinhead <laughs> i mean of course i go back and i go yeah no problem and right they threw me, they threw me with a guy called bill wiles and wild bill and he kind of taught me the the what they wear behind the thing you know he goes you got to get a pair of martins you got to do you know do this or do that mm. so he had the part a little bit more and okay. <laughs> It's funny because if you ever seen the movie, you know, that's where the disturb the, the, the came from, the curb yeah, stomp. The curb stomp, yeah. So I started doing that and I said, well, let me put the guy's jaw on the bottom rope and I'm going to stomp on the back of his head, you know? And it really never, I really didn't get into doing that. But uh, mm -hmm. that was my original thoughts behind it. And then for whatever reason, of course, it just got axed. And yeah. All of a sudden, boom, the Baldies were born. And just one night, they, pull, they pulled all of us together, and they said, you guys are a group now, and you're called the Baldies. Hmm. And that was it. It was, it was me, and it was Angel, and it was Big Vito, and it was PN News, and it was Rod Price, which a lot of people don't know Rod Price was a Baldy. Hmm. Wow. So that was the, that's the original group. So See, Frank, you missed your window. I Frank, I thought you I were doing know, your homework. Frank. I could have been a baldy. It could have been a baldy. Yep. Yeah, so that's how the baldies were born. Uh, they Paul just came up with the gimmick, and that was it. So, so it went from a skinhead to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Good segue. That, I mean, that's a great story, honestly. Yeah. It's a great story because there was like, I mean, the ballsy, the baldies, as offensive as they were, they were not as offensive as like skinheads, skinheads. you know. Skinheads, but at right. the same time, like it's, you know, most of the, a lot of great gimmicks come from a, you know, veer to the left of what right. the gimmick was or, you right. know, so right. that's awesome. And he kind of put us all together with that, I think, because like Angel was the Spanish angel back then and he was doing his thing. And uh, Big Vito was actually Skull Von Crush still at the time. Mm-hmm. So I started to get him out of that gimmick and give him something else. So it kind of, you know, we all kind of just fit that role at the time. You know, PN News right. was a big ball. Rod Price was a big ball guy. And mm-hmm. that was it. So I guess he just figured we all would be together. So. Well, wasn't that part of what uh, Paul's brilliance was supposedly was that he could, you know, he, he just had a vision for like he would see a, a bit of an odd collection and somehow have put it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Know what pieces are going to fit with what and, you know, it yeah. just worked and you don't know why, but you almost don't need to question it. Because if it works, right. it just works. It works, it works. I mean, yeah. that had a lot to do with Paul. That had a lot to do with Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Ray Dudley at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Raven. You know, those guys got to throw ideas off each other. Taz. You know, those yeah. guys really. I mean, it's all of them that really got ECW going. And in my opinion, it's not just what what Paul did. It's what Paul allowed his his workers to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. He let them are. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, what made ECW ECW, in my opinion. You know, not only his vision, but the vision of all the guys he trusted, too. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's a talent in and of itself, I would think, is to be able to look at this mass of people that you're, um, you're using and, and know who can be trusted to do what. And, um, right. You know, not give too much freedom to the wrong person and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just watched the, uh, what was it? One of those documentaries. I don't, I don't know if it was Dark Side of the Ring, but it was on New Jack. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah, that one's a little. Yeah. All right. A little rough. Wow. <laughs> yeah. New Jack was, he's another guy. I mean, I love that motherfucker too, man. He is a good dude. Yeah. yeah. He really, you ever watch uh, Bernie Mac? Yeah. Bernie Mac show. Yeah. Man, that came out after, you know, ECW was around. And I didn't, I knew Bernie Mac from like Friday and stuff like that. But when right. I saw the Bernie Mac show, I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is New Jack. New He's Jack. like the same yeah. fucking dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie New Jack. Bernie Jack. <laughs> Bernie New Jack. Yeah. 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 Jack right. was a good man. He was a good yeah. man. Oh, that's interesting to hear after watching what I watched the other day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a little juxtaposition for you. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Like, if 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 people are good to you, they're good to you. If they don't like you, they don't like you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how Jack was. If he liked you, he treated you great. But if he didn't like you, he'll stab you in the ring, (laughs) he'll scalp you. (laughs) He'll scalp you. he wanted to kill Vic Grimes. He wanted to kill. Yeah. Uh, he, yes. he came, came close. He came close. <laughs> he did. Came close. He said. Yeah. He said. Kill him. So I mean. Yeah. Well, he wasn't close. a liar. He wasn't a liar. He tried. He was <laughs> not a liar. All right, Frank. 
What what do you got? What do you Here's got? an interesting Go caveat. Not only did he train you, but he also worked with LT for LT's match. Is that correct? Who's yes. This? Uh, I did. He did. Oh, Tony. Yes. yes. Oh, so, yes. So, okay. So, oh, yes. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay. Let's let's hear how, how does this yes. come about? So we used to get called over to train with a – so, like, Tom Pritchard started running the school out of the warehouse, you know, up in the studios in, in Stanford. So, you know, us being not that far, far from Stanford, they'd call us over there during the week at some points. And we go train with like Darren Drozdoff. We train with Edge. We train, we train with the Truth Commission. And we train with the Brian Lee as the fake undertaker. This is all out of that warehouse. And then, yeah, one time they called us up and they're like, all right, you guys are going to come work with, uh, with Lawrence Taylor. And that's we went and worked with Taylor to get him. Get him get, we get get him ready for Bam Bam Bigelow. So that was that's really so really cool. crazy. Lawrence yeah. Taylor, holy yeah. shit! So it's funny. I met him before I moved to Florida. So s- almost seven years ago now, I guess. Uh, a buddy of ours got like tickets to go see, you know, like a signing with Lawrence Taylor. So it was like a special meet and greet and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him and I said, "LT." I've met you before. And I said, I worked with you when you wrestled. I was in the ring with you. And he goes, oh, shit. He hugs me. He, <laughs> he hugs me. And he's like, oh, man, that was great. You know, and but it was cool because he knows that he did it, but he just doesn't right. remember us. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right. I mean, it's crazy to think like that. I mean, he redefined a position in American yeah. football. Like, I mean, he yeah. was he was at least, you know, my generation growing up, like the linebacker yeah. to end all linebackers. Like he yeah. is easily the most known um, like player of the position, but possibly like well, maybe the, like Michael Jordan of football. Uh, yeah. He was great. LT. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. So pretty cool. I got to, I got to do that with him, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Never. I got to tell you, you know, like, you know, I may not have made it to where I wanted to make it in this business, you know, but I've done a lot of cool fucking things in this business. You know, yeah. I got to wrestle in the middle of Times Square. How many fucking people did that? Sure. True. Yeah. There's only a handful of us, you know. I've said it myself, like, if just one trip to Japan that I didn't pay yeah. for, like, I mean, that's more than the you know, 12 year old me thought I would do in my life. Like, and how many did you do? I don't know. You know, and it's like to think <laughs> just, yeah, all of it. Like you said, wrestling <laughs> in Times Square, like how many yeah. people can say that they did anything in Times Square? Like, right. you know, right. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, some yeah, people have really done is. cocaine in, in Times Square. I'm just, well, that's true. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, some people definitely have done cocaine in Times Square. Some may have wrestled in Times Square, but not professionally. (laughs) Not professionally. Some may have wrestled for cocaine. Exactly. In Times Square. Square. Yes. I heard uh, uh, Sparta used to pay guys with cocaine up in Massachusetts. Sparta. Sparta. You know him, Frank? You know Sparta? Fish. Sure. <laughs> so I'm doing I'm doing Sparta shows, okay? And at the time, okay, in the locker room, it's me, of course, right? Big Dick Dudley, Sabu, Axel Rotten, 
Chris Candido, Tammy Sitch, Pat Tanaka. And you know what, you know what uh, Sparta said? <laughs> that guy, Dan DeVita, brought all the drugs into this locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke pot. That's it. <laughs> well. <laughs> With a cast like that, with that locker room, holy good lord! It's a gateway. Ripping me, Sparta. It's a a gateway. That's a gateway. (laughs) That's a who's who. A locker room of of, uh, tomfoolery. And I brought the drug. Frank, where are we at on this time? We're going to end it with this. What All the right. hell was it like training Bobby? How did that happen? <laughs> Bobby, uh, uh, I, so I training at a school in Albany, you know, from where he's from. And I don't know, those, I just wasn't going great for you, right, Fish? I mean, that was know, really the, I wasn't had, uh, I found Libel. Uh, right. I found Jeff Libel, and uh, he trained me. For about a month, maybe maybe it was once a week for like five weeks, and then because he was coming up there, right? He was coming up yeah. all the time. Or, well, he was coming right. up on like Sundays or something. I don't remember what it was, but I know that like I had first moved out to California, thinking that I would go to a wrestling school out there, and uh, things uh-huh. weren't coming together. So I came back to Albany, and that's when I. <sighs> met libel i think yeah i don't know somehow um and uh it was like i said just like five times that i went and trained and then he lost the building or he disappeared i don't remember what it was but one of those five times you were like a guest coach oh i came up yes you came up and (laughs) i remembered the name and then um so when i hadn't heard from libelt in however long i remember somehow i found i found contact information for you yeah and you were in newburgh and i was like okay you know it's an hour and a half an hour and, and a half uh, yeah i drove down yeah. and but yeah. you know the memories i have dude of course you were you were working at the bar mm-hmm. and I think you were drinking at the bar a lot back then. <laughs> I was. I was a drunk. So Fish would come into fucking into wrestling practice always late, but he was always there. No! He was always, he was always <laughs> there, though. He might have been late, but he was always there. Late, and hungover. And time hungover. Yeah. <laughs> hungover a but, lot. Uh, but he put the work in, man. So uh, <laughs> that was the main thing. But, you know. Fish caught on real quick, though, man, too, because because he's athletic and and he had a background in, in martial arts at that point, too. Right. So, yeah, caught on pretty quickly anyway. You know, it's kind of like how I was. I caught on quick. I think you caught on quick. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a good group of guys at that point, too. So that kind of helped you out a lot, too. I think know? so. I think so. Yeah. And like, I think, uh, we Cheech, right. We had Cheech. We Cheech. had uh, the now we had we had Dale there. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was pretty much just me and Cheech, you know, in the in the in the very beginning. Um, then we got I, like massive, and we got a bunch yeah. of other dudes after that, right? Yeah, and then massive, and then Dale, and then uh, remember Guy? Oh yeah, would come Guy. around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Guillaume Desaad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, I you know where I see him now all the time is. Uh, on Duolingo, 
<laughs> what is that? Duolingo is a language learning um, app. And like my really? wife is doing Spanish. My yeah. uh, stepdaughter and I are doing Japanese. And uh, Guy is uh, like, you can connect with people on there somehow. And he's learning uh, something too, because like really? he'll like my achievements and stuff. And we go back and forth. I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard from him in years, man. He was a good dude though. He was a very good dude. Very good. Dude. good I dude. think, to be honest, he might have been, I think my first actual match that was not a battle royal was against Guy and Dale. Wow. I think it was a three-way somewhere. In, it might have been for Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Sparta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Frank, what, so now we got to go to Ring of Honor, right? Quick. Let's go. Let's go. Ring yeah. Honor. Let's, go. Let's do it. Let's go to Ring of Honor. Uh, so I guess the way Ring of Honor happened, you know, of course, ECW folds up and I go back and get a real fucking job because that's what I do. I have a family. I got to take care of them. So I had to go get a job. And I still, of course, always wrestled. Ring of Honor comes about. So uh, Loke goes there and I guess he does like a whole refereeing thing. That's the first show. He referees, but they do this whole angle out of it. And he's going to, you know, he's going to wrestle and he gets a partner. And it's another guy I trained, which, you know, is. TW Sledge, right, Fish? You know Sledge? Yeah, now? of course. Yeah. Right? So, Sledge. so for whatever reason, him and Loke were teaming and they were calling themselves, I don't know what they were calling themselves, hate breed, something. So Loke talks uh, Gabe into bringing him into Ring of Honor and they come in and they do a show and Gabe fucking hated him. <laughs> fucking hated Sledge. And he goes, I don't care what you do, but you, this fucking guy is gone. <laughs> so he goes, who... <laughs> so he goes, who the fuck could we bring in to be your partner? And Loke just goes, well, what about Tony DeVito? And Gabe goes, what the fuck? How come I didn't think of that? <laughs> so that that was really it. Loke just threw my wow. name out there. Gabe, me and Gabe were, um, we were always really cool in, in ECW. Gabe was really a, a really good dude in ECW. You can go to Gabe with a lot of shit and yeah. he'd do what he could do. Yeah, Gabe was, you know, and since, you know, I was new in ECW back then, Gabe kind of just helped guys out. And it was really cool. Sure. Yeah. So um, that was it, man. You know, Gabe calls me up, says, hey, you want to come do this thing? And and that's it, man. That's how Ring Honor started. And I loved Ring Honor, dude. I loved it there because now I'm the veteran. You know, I'm the vet. I'm one of the guys can, that can help train some of these younger kids. Not train, but like work in the ring with them and, and show yeah. them different things and slow them down. And Because that's what yeah. we were there for. Man. We were the veteran guys. You know, we were there to slow right. some of these young down teach them how to work you know right. uh get them under control and and i loved it dude like we got to work with the special k guys you know we worked with the christopher street connection we got to train we got with uh homicide and his partner at the time yeah uh you know we did a lot of cool stuff there and and uh oh we worked with the kids from texas the uh sean michaels kids um i had a great time in ring of honor man that was a really cool part of my career and what i loved dude and if you remember fish you know me and Loke were our Ring of Honor tag team champions, and then years later, Fish and uh, or and, and Kyle. Kyle got to be Ring of Honor yeah. champions. Yeah, I think that was really cool. And if you yeah, remember, it was dude, very cool. Reached out to you, and I was like, "Man, how cool is that? That we both got to wear Ring of Honor tag team belts." You know, yeah, that yeah, was really cool. And and I think for me, um, I didn't know what independent wrestling was really. You know, so mm -hmm. Ring of Honor was the first stuff that I got exposed to that 
was cool because that wasn't WWF or WCW because you got to remember, like I was in Albany. So the, the first indies and stuff that I saw, and this is going to be a blast from the past DeVito, but it's like world of hurt. World of hurt. So it, it, you know, it was hard to like, I would be around that and be like, okay, these are not my people. Like I am not like you. Like I'm just not, and I'm not saying I'm better than you, but I'm saying like, I just, I don't feel like I belong. Um, Ring of Honor was the first like quote unquote independent stuff that I saw that, you know, where like you and Loke were doing your thing. And I saw guys like Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe was like, or AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels. And was just like, holy shit, these guys are like fucking athletes. Athletes. And it was good. Yeah. Right. Dude, when I met Roddy in Ring of Honor, I was like, man, you're like a fucking machine, dude. You know, yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, we would say it. Um, that was kind of the gimmick with Roddy, even in the Undisputed Era. Like, he would kill you with gas tank. <laughs> he yeah. He just, he was like, he would never stop. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, still like that to this day. I don't know how his wife is. puts up with him. I don't know how many <laughs> does it. <laughs> but that was that, that that was the coolest part of for ring uh doing ring of honor for me man it's just working with all these young kids that nobody knew who they were at that point you know and yeah it was really cool you know it was really cool working with those guys you know yeah i i remember going to those shows with you and and that was such um a learning experience and yeah. so cool for us to be exposed to that because we had i had no end to that like i would not have been privy to any of that if it were not for you know being in in the car with you and and just going to the shows because you were working like i was working no place i had no place there otherwise and i try to get everybody booked through them (laughs) i try to get all you guys well and we all got our shots you know and at that time you couldn't have told me i wasn't ready for it but i wasn't um, but it came back around years later and, and I truly, I wasn't ready for it at that time. That's all, you know, I mean, it, and it that's, time was right. I think so. Because I just think that like, there's only so much expediting of the learning process that can be done when it comes to pro wrestling. Like, I just think that there's a certain amount of reps under your belt and then you can start to get it. Yeah. Until then, like you're just not gonna get it. No, you got to get out there. You got to do it. You got to work the shows. You got to learn. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. The only yeah, way to do and it. that can be in front of ten thousand people or ten people. Like it literally uh, yeah. is. You know, that every rep counts. It does. Being in front of the ten people learning is probably better, even though it sucks. Mm. But it's probably better learn in front of those ten people, dude. Right? Because you got to learn how to work in front of ten people. Well, I think there's value in it too, because I know some of those shows, like I've stumbled on shit that I ended up like throwing against the wall that I would have normally at a show that was better attended. I probably would have taken too serious and I stumbled upon something goofy that I ended up, you know, keeping. And it was just because I was so relaxed because I was like, okay, there's five people. Yeah. Well, there's value in all of it. It is. It's funny. So I did a little show like that. And I, I, I told you how uh, Scott Levy used to call me troll. Mm-hmm. And that was the nickname around the locker room. So I decided to try to be a troll one day. And I did it on an <laughs> indie show. And I don't remember who it was for. And I, I did the hair all up. And I 
I tried to fucking spray. I did all this. I made this costume for it. And uh, it was, was, was kind of cool, I guess, but it wasn't good. Yeah. Well, that was kind of your Jerk Jackson. We all have one of those in the closet. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, I tried something. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all so right, listen, gentlemen. No more sh- dog shit next to the mailbox. It will be okay. fun. <laughs> all right. We'll take care of that. I'll uh, I'll be I'll go out there before I go to bed and uh, nice. I'll have a I'll be out there with a flashlight <laughs> trying to find piles of dog shit. I was doing that before yeah. in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that was dinner, though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, all right, well, gentlemen, I think uh, we nearing the end of this. Uh, I we can't uh, top the tomfoolery. We can't top that. No dog shit for dinner. No, I, I can't top that. I, we I got to end it with Jerk and Jackson. Uh-huh. <laughs> dog it shit is for fun. dinner. <laughs> uh, it is the funny, funny thing about that is because uh, Wikipedia picked that up. Pick up what? Jerk Jackson or Jerk and Jackson, what the hell it was at one point. Did they? It was never Jerk yeah. and Jackson. It well, was never Wicked, once Wicked, Jerk and Jackson. It was Wikipedia. Pick it up. Jerk. That's well, it. Wikipedia has it. And apparently, I saw a picture, I think, on Twitter or some shit. And it's a yeah. very young Bobby Fish with long and hair. Like on the bottom of the photo, it says Jerk Jackson. Yeah, there it is, nice. Jerk and Johnson. <laughs> it's in black hair. and white, which goes along with the the Twitter yeah. people think that Bobby was the first person to put over Abe Lincoln. But yes, <laughs> with long. Are you really getting a lot of shit for being old, dude? I am, dude. I catch so much shit for being old, and it's really? like I don't know. I mean, what are you, AJ's 45? the same age as me. AJ you and 45? I are the same age. I'm forty six. Forty six. Yeah. People are yeah. losing their mind to see the, if The Rock comes to WrestleMania. He's like 52. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once again, he looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. He's in great Yeah. Sh- yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting down The Rock because I, I don't need right. him knocking on my door. Yeah. Dude, so it's funny. I just saw a clip of. Uh, well, and meanwhile, CM Punk looks like he's a heroin addict. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's always looked at. He's so always good. looked like shit. Like, even, he, when, even they, when he was 25. When Gabe first brought him in, I go, that's fucking CM Punk. He was just a skinny little fat kid. With, and he's still you know, a skinny fat kid. <laughs> he's still kind fat. of a skinny fat kid. And then yeah. he went on pay-per-view at the UFC. And, you know, and I'm yeah. Like, this I mean, is, he got beat I'm up like a skinny fat kid. Chicago? There you go. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, just, I think I we just know. outdid the Jerk Jackson story. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, All right, this will be the the last episode of this podcast that you can get on YouTube. Did you know that? Oh, it be. Yeah, Tony, we uh, we're joining the Premier Network. Oh, that you did tell me that. That's awesome. So when does that start? Launch is Sunday, the fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So we got we got launch week next week. We're on what Wednesday afternoon? Wednesday at one. We're on every day at one. Every day. no, no, Wednesday, I can't do this Wednesday show. afternoon at one. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was every day at one. And we can be if you want. We're gonna be know. on it, we'll have episodes on demand, so we can you can watch us every day if you choose to. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. But I don't yeah, recommend it. Me either. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. 
Who's uh, who's uh, here next week, Dennis? What's that? Who's the guest next week? So mm-hmm. the official we we have officially booked for our first official show on Premier Streaming Network. Our guest next week will be none other than Mr. Eric Bischoff. Oh, look at that! Nice. I don't know. How, I don't know how Frank pulled it off. I don't know who he had to get in front of on his knees. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Mr. Bischoff will be our guest next week. We're coming in hot. Yes, coming I'm in hot. Doing an indie I'm doing an indie show with him February 11th. Are you really? Yes. Oh, February 11th. Where will I be, Frank? I, I, I think I'll be in be? West Virginia. Oh, you did say you were doing something that day. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a Battle night? of Bunker Hill. I'll be at the Battle of Bunker Hill. <laughs> it's called Battle of Bunker Hill. It's called, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Twitter's going to love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Well, tell Eric. Uh, well, actually, we'll talk to him before you do. So yeah. We'll, yeah. Before. Yeah. we'll tell him uh, all the awful be... things you said about him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very awful. <laughs> yeah. Come, uh, come up with a bunch of lies. Come up with a bunch of lies. Come <laughs> mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. Yes. He did kick me and Bell out of the building one day, though. He kicked us out. Mm. We went to we went to Nitro and we said, "Yeah, we're here to see Scott Hall." And he goes, "Hit the beach." <laughs> kicked yeah. us out. Did you go to the beach? <laughs> no, there was no beach. Oh. We're in fucking Massachusetts in the middle of nowhere. Oh well. <laughs> Maybe he meant go south. Like maybe he was predicting your future and was like, "Go to Florida." Here I am. Yeah. Here I am. There you are. There you I are. love Florida, hey, bro. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I do love Florida. Yeah. Fuck that cold weather. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I hear you, Frank and Dennis. We're down here. We Come Florida on down. I Listen, tell my man, sister she loves Disney World. I'm like, okay, well, you're the one that Florida. chooses to live in Albany. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, Disney World in Albany. I yeah. get it when you got a job and you're and you're just kind of stuck. You know, you kind of stuck to it. You know, and mm. I don't know. Just quit your job and move south. It's, it's yeah, it. I just stopped working. I just moved to Florida <laughs> and just stopped it's working. All. So that's yeah, all. I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right, buddy. Well, well I appreciate it, guys. It's a good time. It was fun. Oh, it's yeah. good. Thank you it's for coming on. Awesome. It's uh, been, uh, been Thank you, bro. a pleasure. A ple- your pleasure a pa- was all mine. A pleasure. <laughs> a pleasure. A pleasure. <laughs> all right, Frank. I got nothing. nothing. We don't even get like an Iron Sheik fucking impression this week? Oh, come on. Show okay, Bubba. That. Okay, Bubba. There it is. Nice. That's the Iron Sheik. Don't we have enough. Uh, Bubba. Yeah. Oh, Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, you guys, you, do you guys see his Twitter account? I doubt it's him, but it's Franks Hilarious. or Sheiks? Sheiks. No, the Sheik. Because <laughs> I, I was gonna say oh, Frank's oh, Twitter. Oh, Frank's Twitter oh, account is me. That's my. <laughs> ah, you're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. on that note, um, I got nothing. We'll talk to you next week, Bobby. Say thank tonight. you, boys. I love you, fish. Good night, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) Love you too, Tony.